all trainers and Pokemon enthusiasts. Introducing Go Battlecast, your weekly fix for all things Pokemon Go and Pokemon. Get the unfiltered, raw truth on the game, culture, and community. So, let the battle begin. Here are your hosts, Zach Duarte and Dominic Zingali. And we're back for another episode of the Go Battlecast podcast. We are officially in the double digits in terms of episodes, Dom, not in terms of age, because sometimes I act eight or nine years old. We'll talk about that in just a second here. But it's not just you and I today, Dom. It's not just you and I for our, our 10th episode here on the Go Battlecast. We have a special guest today. He goes by the name Ryan Swag. You can find him on YouTube. Uh, search Swag Tips, of course. Amazing content, amazing uh, footage just in terms of deep dives and getting a lot of good PvP information in terms of Pokemon Go. Ryan Swag, what's going on? Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us on the Go Battlecast podcast today. Hey, good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. We we freaking love your content, okay? No, we fucking love your content. Exactly. I, I, I want to I emphasize uh, how much your 15 to 20 minute videos uh they they are they're funny they're enjoyable and they're very informative so uh we we wanted to reach out and get you guys on here and that's what we're trying to do on this podcast is you know talk about what's going on in the game talk about it with with content creators and and you know you had a rant which we'll get into in a little bit but i think that all of us can agree that whether or not you know we have positive things to say about the game or negative things to say about the game. It's all about the betterment of the game overall, because there's a lot of issues with Pokemon Go and with PvP and the gameplay. We'll get into a lot of this throughout the episode as well. Um, it is my birthday today, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I was thinking about this before the episode. How do I talk about it being my own birthday on the podcast, right? Like, that's a little narcissistic, right? But you put it in the show notes. I did. I did. And you always start the show for the most part. So, yeah. It's true. It's true. So, I had my 35th birthday. I'm old as fuck. I know. A lot of people in our local community do not believe that I'm 35 years old and it's because I act 15. But uh, I just want to set the stage here for you, uh, Ryan and Dom. My girlfriend threw me a surprise party last night. I had no clue that it was happening. And there's probably 40 to 50 adults at the party. And there's Pokemon. It's basically a Pokemon-themed birthday party. So I don't know how to feel about that because I'm a grown-ass man. You know, I, I, I lift weights and I, and I do these crazy, stupid uh, athletic events. And I have a big old beard and I look like a Viking. And then my birthday party is just... Pokemon memorabilia on the cake and banners and stuff. The napkins were Pokemon themed. And uh, like, yeah, that's definitely me. And I'm not ashamed of it, but like, damn, I looked 12 yesterday, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I mean, yeah, it's just too funny. And the part that threw me off a little bit is because when we had our last recording, you were talking about Oh, I think my girlfriend has something for me on Saturday. I'm like, wait, does he actually know? I had no clue. <laughs> yeah, so it it took me by surprise a little bit. But yeah, that's a good part on her. So, I, I mean, Ryan, like if you were at this birthday party, right? And I don't know how old you are. But if you were at this birthday party for someone in their 30s and you saw Pokemon everywhere. And then, you know, there's alcoholic drinks here. I mean, this is like a real legit party. And then there's Pokemon banners. There's Pokemon napkins. There's Pokemon cake. 
I don't know how to feel about this. Like, it, you know, I, I'm not ashamed of playing Pokemon and loving the game. I've played it since Gen 1. I'm very well versed in the in the Pokemon universe, but I don't know. I don't know how to feel about what happened yesterday. I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. I mean, <laughs> if you've been playing Pokemon Go since 2016, anybody that knows you knows that you're into Pokemon. It's a Pokemon-themed party. That just makes sense. All right. Well, I'm going to make sure that next time she invites you, even though you live like, I don't know, on the other side of the country. Where the hell do you live? Like New Jersey or Minnesota or something? I thought it was Minnesota, no? I don't know. Where do you live, right? getting close. I live in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. Oh. We're close. Somewhere up there in the total opposite part of the country. But anyways, um, again, if you want to check out Ryan on YouTube, Swag Tips, can you just talk to us about the channel, Ryan? Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not seek out the information that you put on your channel. It was it was just kind of one of those, I guess, algorithm videos. It was a recommendation like, hey, you should check this out. And I don't remember what was the first video I saw of yours, but your content is, I would say it's unique. It's informative. It's funny. And uh, it's it's different. You know, you, you, you have a way of presenting different information on YouTube. So talk to us about the channel. Like, how the idea came about, the name Swag Tips. And I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw the video of you, I saw the name Swag Tips. I'm like, okay. And then I saw the, you know, the video of you and you look like, a, you know, a nice little white guy. And I'm a white guy too. But uh, <laughs> I was just like, this guy's Swag Tips. So talk to us, just talk to us about the channel, the birth of it, the idea behind it. And, and just, you know, how you feel about how it's going now. Yeah, the birth of the channel. So, uh, for a long time, I was like putting information on Reddit and doing Reddit posts. And then eventually GamePress hired me to do articles for them. So I was doing these articles all the time. And uh, I think it was around the time of like the first GoFest. Everybody was hyping up like the different YouTubers and everything. And I never really interacted with YouTube that much as a platform. Mm -hmm. Like I never really followed any YouTubers or anything like that. And uh, so I started checking out, you know, the promoted YouTubers. And they were just kind of like, I don't know, reading off the news tab, for lack of a better term. And every so often when they would have like unique content, it would just be ripping off these Reddit posts for the most part. So I was thinking to myself, hey, if these guys can make all these videos and get this following and stuff like that, talking about stuff that I'm making, well, why can't I just make it? So I went forward with it. Yeah, and I think that's actually like, the best part of what you create is something that's actually very unique. Just the fact of, you know, when I look for content for PVP stuff, I actually look to your videos first because it's that technical stuff is what we need when we want to like take it to the next level for PVP. And it's funny because so many people come around and talk about like breakpoints and do PVP IVs matter. And it seems like for the lack of better words, like everyone's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. Eh. But I, I think it really does to many situations and you point them out like down to the T and that's just like the best part of, of PVP right there and just choosing the right Pokemon. And now, you know, in our local chat and a few other places, people are just like, oh, did you get that actual PVP IV that from Ryan from Ryan's tips? You know, I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. I'm, no, no, I'm still looking for, I'm looking for. So yeah, I mean, that's, I love that kind of engagement that we're actually getting from your videos is the fact that you're taking the time, which I seem like most other people don't really take that time to find this kind of information. And it's actually getting me to the point of just like searching as well too. And I think based on your your last video with Snorlax, you, you pointed out a certain website. I don't remember what it was called at the top of my head. I think it was pvpivs.com. And I think that's going to be like a whole new blessing for for searching for stuff. So I don't know if that's if that's the right website, but yeah. 
Yeah, that's the right URL. Prior to pvpivs.com, I was using the Ghost Stadium rank checker all the time. And for making my content, like it, it's pretty rigid to use the Ghost Stadium IV checker to copy tables and give people that specific stat range. So I was running into a lot of issues with that. And then when I found pvpivs.com, I was like, oh, I can set these ranges myself and it gives me the perfect table. I don't have to spend like an extra hour trying to make this table. So yeah, really helpful. Talk about the name Swag Tips though. Like how did that come about? Where did you get the idea for that name? Because it's very unique, you know? Everybody mm-hmm. else is kind of their own name, you know, J Farm, Zionic, I'm pretty sure that's part of his name. So talk about the name of the channel Swag Tips and how, how you came up with that idea. So my name in the game is Ryan Swag. And uh, when Pokemon Go first came out, like the APK for Australia or whatever, like I was less than a day one player, right? And uh, I wanted to get my name, uh, Ryan, because if you got just the name, no letters, no numbers after it, you're like on a whole nother level. You're basically a god. And uh, (laughs) well, that didn't happen. There was already a Ryan. So then I tried like Ryan the King and like other, you know, self-flagitory names like that. <laughs> and uh, all of them were taken. Like how? Like this is less than day one. How is there a Ryan King already, you know? Uh, so then I went with Ryan Swag because I'm kind of into how to word it. I can't think of the term right now, but it's like it's cringe, but you know it's cringe and like you're <laughs> owning it. So it's kind of funny, right? <laughs> so I was into that at the time, and in many ways I still am, because you can see my logo is the S, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I went with Ryan Swag, and I got Ryan Swag. So yeah. And then when it came to choosing my channel name when I went for the YouTube, uh, my name really isn't all that unique, because it's a, a pretty obvious ripoff of trainer tips. And uh, when I first started my YouTube channel, I had this vision of being this like anti-YouTuber where it's like, oh man, all these other YouTubers are phonies, you know? Um, So I was like, I was swag tips, you know? I was giving the real trainer tips because trainer tips is just swagging. So it's like, yeah, the comparison there. So no, my, my in-game name is my name, Zach Duarte. I have two, I have two accounts that I play with. I have my Valhalla awaits account and then I have Zach Duarte. Because that was a day one account. And I just have doms. But they didn't have doms on, on social yeah, media. Yeah, but that's so, yours is spelled with like three M's and three Z's. That's not your name. But just like, like Ryan says, it's like someone came up with all the alliterations of dom, doms, dom, dom. And like, yeah. it just didn't work. Well, I got the original Zach Duarte. Nobody yeah. else has that. I have it. I just said I didn't want to go with my last name, though. <laughs> I feel like I need a blue check mark on, on Pokemon Go because, oh because I have my my name. I think I think you're right, Ryan. If you, if you got your own name, that's like you're a god, right? You're a god tier on that account. So my Zach Duarte account is god tier, according to you guys. The original. That's right. No one else can be on your level. That is correct. That is correct. We all know Mystic 7, right? He yeah, yeah. Mystic. There's a Mystic 1, a Mystic 2, a Mystic 3, a 4, or 5, you know? I do that joke. I do that joke, too, a lot of times when I get somebody's email, and it's like, John Smith 18. I'm like, what happened to the first 17? <laughs> I do that joke all the time, and it's, it's typically me being the only one laughing. <laughs> so, in terms of uh, in-game events here, the mischief event, it's it's finally over, right? It's over? God Because forbid. it's been like six months of this stupid-ass event. 
with Hoopa and the professor teasing us and Hoopa stealing glasses. It, it's over, right? Because I opened my game today and, you know, Dom and I, you spoke, we spoke about this before the episode. We're not really battling as much right now because we both hit legend. We're kind of just biding time until the next uh, season. Plus, you know, it's my birthday. I was spending time with family last week and whatnot. And I opened the game today and there's like confetti. Yeah. Falling from the sky at a really annoying rate. It's almost like I can't see what's on the screen almost. Um, y- your thoughts, Dom and Ryan. Uh, Dom, I'll let you go first. Your thoughts on the event in, in, in totality because, I don't know, I, I definitely like Niantic trying something different, you know, and having a an overarching theme. I think this was for like four or five months at least, I right? Don't, don't Since GoFest. And... I think it was a bit much, you know, it was a bit much with all the corny storylines and whatnot. And and again, I appreciate Niantic trying trying new things, but I'm glad that the season of mischief is finally over. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's actually done as well. I think the two things that kind of was a little disappointing was not seeing the Hoopa, Hoopa Unbound, the other one that we were talking about. We were like, we were in hopes of probably mm-hmm. seeing because we did see the, the two new moves uh, thrown into Pokeminers. Uh, status there but we didn't see that we didn't you know seeing what was his dusk noir as the last pokemon to catch like after all these months after community day this is the last thing we're gonna see <laughs> and then i think the one other small thing that it was like it's a nitpick but seeing the shadow event being tied into it i thought it was going to be its own entity you know being that as long as you open up the research task and you have it you know you can play it later but now that you're like stuck with this 16 step research process of of this mischief, you know, you got to go catch some other things before you get to that rocket event. So you can't get Lugia that quick. Well, try, good luck trying to get 30 ghost Pokemon in December. Yeah, like two <laughs> or three times and, and everything else. I think someone online was talking about like not having to, no, what's it called? Not having someone uh, catch a, like a Furfru, Furfro or whatever you want to mm-hmm, call it. Yeah. Like they're stuck because they don't have that. And it's like, when we're, we're going to see that white dog again. <laughs> uh, Ryan, any thoughts on the event? Even tell you where we're at in the event, but according to you guys, it's over. So, <laughs> did you like, not see the confetti falling from the sky today? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like, I thought the confetti was part of the festival of lights, or maybe the safari zone, or something. There's so many events in this game that I've kind of given up on following them. Yeah, I, I do think the confetti is also tied to the festival of lights event ending as well. Um, you're just too busy. Ryan trying to penetrate 3,500 ELO in, in PVPs. That's, that's what's going on over there, right? And, then, and I'm using the words you use on your Twitter. You literally use the word penetrate 3,500. I'm not making that up. That was all you. I didn't think that'd be so vulgar, but... <laughs> well, for, for Zach, it's vulgar. That's, I think it's that's... just a funny way to, 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 to utilize that word. <laughs> but hey, I think it's a it's an awesome achievement just to... Like, you just swooped out of nowhere, too, with that. You just like, boom... 34, uh, 48, I think that was the number that you had. And it's like out of nowhere. I'm like, damn, just out of nowhere. Just, you know, you're dropping all the deep dive stuff and then 30, 3,400 right there. Yeah, I've been pretty deep on the the PvP grind lately. Usually I'm a lot like uh, kind of how you guys are right now. The moment I hit Legend, I kind of take a break because it's like two hours each day to do all your sets. But I kept winning and it was really easy. And so I just kept rolling with it and... Now I'm still rolling with it, and it's still not that hard. So I'm having a good time. Well, if I can get, you know, 3,500, if I can get page one or something like that, I think that'd be a pretty cool achievement. Are you doing uh, Canto Cup or are you doing Master League? I'm doing Canto Cup right now. 
Um, I can't do Master League. It's too much. Well, I also find that Master League, especially Premier Classic, is very uh, rock, paper, scissor. You know, it's just if you lose the lead, you're, it's very likely you've lost the match. Um, but just just on that, right, uh, Canto Cup, it wins the poll a few weeks ago. And we've seen Canto Cup now for, I think, four or five rotations. Your thoughts, Ryan, on just, uh, I don't know, why is there not a Jodo Cup, a Hoenn Cup, a Sinnoh Cup? Why why do they only like Canto Cup as opposed to the other uh, regions? That's a good question. I have no idea. They could be lazy or they could be pandering to the Gen 1ers or something like that. Uh, but I think different cups that are themed around a region, I think that would be really well received. So, I mean, Kanto Cup, people voted for it. People like it. I think uh, a Johto Cup would be really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. The, the thing, though, and I, and I think Dom and I spoke about this, is Johto is only 100 new Pokemon. So it's kind of limiting if there's only 100 Pokemon to choose from. Whereas Kanto, you have the 150 plus the Alolans, plus the Galar versions. Uh, so you, you kind of have a pool of like 200 Pokemon to choose from. So that's, I think, the reasoning behind that. But I think they could extend it to something beyond just the Kanto Cup moving forward. But uh, we also had the Shadow event, right? That was That lasted about four days. And I probably spent about 150 TMs on this event. Although I was very underwhelmed with the new Shadow Pokemon of this event. It was like... Shadow Cacnea and Shadow Psyduck. Well, I think those were the new shadows in the in the in, in this rotation of the Shadow event. So you got a Psyduck. I I I think I caught a Psyduck. I, look, I I can't remember. All I know is besides the Lugia, which was not the Gale of Darkness Lugia, it was just regular Shadow Lugia, which I had totally expected. I was kind of underwhelmed with new shadows in this event, but. Uh, I like the shadow events. I, I, I like the, you know, the, the leaders had new Pokemon. What was it? Uh, shadow Grimer. Uh, I think we saw another shadow. Shadow, was it Nidorina? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Shadow Gliscor. So not mm-hmm. really anything new in terms of the leaders, but I always like the shadow events. You know, I did catch a shadow, a shiny shadow Gliscor, but in, in, in terms of like, it was just so refreshing to get all these damn frustration moves off my Pokemon. Did you prioritize anything in this event? Like, I, I don't, because we didn't know how long it was going to last, right? No, we didn't. I had know. originally thought it was going to be one day. That freaked me out too, because I was working all day Monday. I was like, crap, I'm going to find an hour at least just to do everything. Yeah, I, I, I had thought it was going to be only one day. And I don't know if there was just a lack of communication on Niantic's part or they were, they were just withholding information. Yeah, like on purpose. But, um, I don't know. It just felt like it took so long to get to this event. And then there was just like, like Ryan said, there's just so much going on in the game. It's hard to keep track. There's the, the mischief event, the shadow event, the festival of lights event, all these overlapped on top of each other. And I feel like it kind of took away from the shadow event just a little bit. But look, I, I was so happy that we had that shadow event to TM away, uh, these moves because there's just so many Pokemon I've been looking to build, but I can't because it has frustration on it. So yeah, at least we had four days for sure, just to just just to have that ease of just TMing free frustration away for sure. But yeah, I was just happy just for that. And then you know for the festival of lights, which just finished, I mean we were able to continue TMing frustration away too. So it wasn't just stuck to the shadow evasion event, whatever it was called. You know, so it was 
I, I just liked where it w- wasn't rushed. You didn't have to feel like you're rushed. You just have all this time. You can still play, you know, more rocket grunts and leaders and just find more of the maximized PvP IV that you could just TM that frustration away and not be in this whole rush of just TM this, TM this, TM this, 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 this. I think, like I mentioned from the episode, I had about maybe 100 Pokemon that I wanted to TM because I was just that scared. And I think at the end of the day, it was maybe like 50 or 60 I ended up using and just scrapped the rest. So, Ryan, in terms of the event for you, uh, was there anything that you prioritized in terms of trying to go out and catch? I mean, I know that we all tried to get the Lugia, right? But I don't know. I just felt underwhelmed with the new Shadow Pokemon. I was I, I was expecting a new crop of Shadow Pokemon to be in this rotation, and there really wasn't. Yeah, as far as the Shadows available, I didn't have a whole lot of new priorities. I mean, obviously, you know, female uh, Shadow Nidorant are always pretty big because, you know, Queen's a pretty big deal there. But I actually was prioritizing the Dedenes a bit more. Not that Dedenes oh, yeah, you love like the Dedenes. hyper meta or anything like that. But I just love Dedenne to like bits. It's so cute. And it's got like an interesting little niche in the Great Leagues. So I was like, I, I got to get a good one. I want the good Dedenne here. Um, so I was prioritizing that. And the one day I actually did have to go out and like grind the rockets ended up being like the Chin Chow Spotlight Hour. And I've been wanting to upgrade my lantern for like the longest time. So I ended up prioritizing the Chin Chows a bit more than the rockets when the time came. Well, it's funny. So I watched your Dedenne video, right? Your deep dive Dedenne video. And I think that's, is that the video you had your egg pool rant? Is that the the one where that was, uh, Ryan? No, I think uh, I did a just Festival of Lights overview video. And in that, I talked about how cool Dedenne was. And then I had the egg rant there. Uh, but I also did a separate video where I was like, talking about how cool the DNA was and right right no it was it. it was the festival of lights video i just want to play back i don't know 30 to 30 30 to 60 seconds of audio from that and i want to i want to pick your brain more on this do you have it done i i got it yep. all right let me play this audio for you here ryan i just want to point out here quick that i think it's disgusting that they're still going with the eggs to uh describe rarity tiers here especially when pokemon in each egg rarity tier don't have the same rarity as the Pokemon in the rarity tier. As far as I'm aware, this is against uh, Apple Play TOS and Google Play TOS. And there's nothing like forcing them to, you know, enforce their own rules on games. But this is like the only mobile app game I've ever played with a loot box system that doesn't have clear as day percentages given to the consumers here. So I feel like this is kind of consumer fraud, very shady. So if anybody from Niantic is watching this video, shame on you. Uh, Please push for them to add real percent transparency to their loot box system. If you're going to comment below and say, these aren't loot boxes because we get incubators, uh, keys to a loot box that are monetized. That's the same exact thing as a monetized loot box. Yeah, we get a free incubator, doesn't matter. Every other game that has this kind of system has free currency, free polls, all that kind of stuff, and they have full percent disclosures on their poll rates. Pokemon Go doesn't. Why don't they? Because it's easier to swindle people out of their money and manipulate them into spending more than what they'd like to trying to get a specific thing. It's a dirty practice. So you seem really triggered there, right? <laughs> you seem very triggered and bothered by this. And I did not know this. I had no clue that this was some kind of violation of the terms of service. So I don't know if you can like shed some more light on this, but this seems to be something you're passionate about. So I'm giving you the platform 
to to talk about this more because I, I'm a free-to-play player and I have been for a long time because I I do not support the shady bullshit that Niantic pulls time and time and time again. And this was, again, one of the main reasons I reached out to you is I, I loved how passionate you were about this. So kind of just talk about this a little bit more, shed some light on this because I I did I was not aware that this is like a violation of terms of, of service or terms of agreement or whatever it is. Yeah, so um, the whole egg rate issue, uh, I guess it's a little bit tricky as far as uh, U.S. law is concerned because I think right now the Department of Whatever doesn't really have a solid grasp on how they want to handle monetized loot boxes and gaming. And right now they're kind of just leaving it up to the platforms that the games are put through, which is like Google Play and Apple Play. But if you look at other countries, they have a lot more like rigid rules. And I think Pokemon Go isn't available in China or something like that because they have like super strict rules when it comes to uh, like the monetization of games and loot boxes and stuff like that. But yeah, it's always been a thing in Pokemon Go. And uh, early on, I guess not a lot of people paid attention to it too much because eggs weren't a big selling point in the game. Like if you're hatching eggs, you knew you probably weren't going to get anything that you wanted, but you could get Stardust. Maybe you'd hatch a Snorlax or something. Uh, but I think the conversation kind of turned a lot around um, the Riolu event where they had Riolu and eggs and they had shiny Riolu and eggs. Yeah. And people were getting really butthurt because they were spending all this money on these eggs and they weren't hatching Riolu. They weren't getting the shiny one. People were saying that they spent like over a hundred dollars and they didn't get the shiny and stuff like that. And uh, like, I never, I wasn't really paying attention to that because, you know, they don't give out the rate, like the, the rate for the eggs. So why would I spend money trying to chase after this Pokemon when we don't even have a rate? Like it could be like 0.001 <laughs> and all these idiots can spend all the money they want to and not get it. So, but then I saw like how upset that was making people. And then the same thing happened with the Dano egg event and people were spending all this money. And not only were they not getting the shiny Dano, some of them weren't even getting Dano to begin with. And it's like, imagine spending a hundred dollars on this and not even getting freaking Dano. Um, so it was around that point I decided to, you know, take it upon myself to kind of badger Niantic about it and be up their ass because it is pretty fucked up and it is, you know, technically consumer fraud. It's a way of baiting people. They're gambling with odds that they don't even know. So like, it's just, I don't know. It's a uh, scummy. I don't support it. And, and the crazy part is, is like for Riolu and Dino, <laughs> for them being in the egg pools, we're going to know like, Next year coming, community day. Oh yeah, it's 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 again. I have never. I after the first year, I stopped when they changed. And and Ryan, you Dom did not play the game the first few years. Ryan, so Ryan understands this. They changed the gym system to give you a hundred coins a day down to fifty. And I was like, fuck that, man, because there's only one reason you would do that, and it's to get me to spend more money, which I I was spending money at that point in the game. Every once in a while, I'd buy a box or something. And I'm like, dude, go fuck yourself. Honestly, I was so upset with Niantic. And that's the reason I have multiple accounts now is because if I want to raid more, I'll use a raid pass on another account and I'll trade it over to myself because I'm not giving them my money, especially when they do this thing where they make a Pokemon extremely rare without telling you the odds like Ryan's talking about and then putting it in a community day a year later. It's, it's asinine to me. 
And uh, I fully support, Ryan, you being more pissed on your YouTube channel because I loved it. Well, I think also, I mean, I think this is actually the perfect opportunity to talk about this too because even with the next event, they're talking about the half and third uh, distance for your eggs and we're going to have now the baby Mr. Mime in there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Riolu is in there and there's a few other ones too. I, I didn't, we can look it up uh, in a little bit here, but yeah, it's, it's that same principle once again. And, you know, now that we know, I mean, that we just don't know this information, it's, it's just not really worth it at the end of the day. You know, it's, I, I wouldn't really encourage people just to buy incubators just for this in itself. So, so Ryan, is it, is it just for you? Is it just them declaring the odds of getting certain Pokemon? Is that, is that it? Or is there more about the egg system that just triggers you? Uh, for me, it's mostly declaring the odds because at the end of the day, you know, it's a mobile app game. You got to get their money somewhere and everything like that. So having monetized eggs, that's, I guess, part of the deal. But yeah, without disclosing the odds, you know, if you are going to spend money on that, you're basically gambling blind. And yeah, some people don't see it that way because you don't get money. But there's obviously value to the item that you're mm -hmm. trying to get from the egg. So yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. And you got me going there. One of you got me going. That, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I mean, can I make a, a final note? Yeah, go for yeah, it. Absolutely. Okay. So you know how they like show eggs as like kind of being like a basis for rarity tiers on it now? Right. Like if yeah. it has one egg or two egg, it's more rare or less rare. Uh, the thing that like, I guess, quote unquote, triggered me the most is when uh, the Silk Road put out this research paper uh, looking more into the rates, like they had like thousands of people document what they're all hatching and everything like that. Like a four rarity egg or something like that, or like the highest rarity tier, the Pokemon in that rarity tier don't have the same rate as each other. So even though it's oh, declared gotcha. as a certain rarity tier, some things are more rare than others. Mm -hmm. So if you put like the chase Pokemon in that high tier and you're like, I don't know, hatching a bunch of some stupid like uh, bundle bees or whatever, it's because the bumblebees have a higher rate in that rarity tier. So it's just all sorts of scummy. No, yeah. I see I, I that's something that I had not thought about. So basically what you're saying is if you know Bunnelbee, Squirtle, and Charmander all have, you know, one egg next to it, you you could still have a higher chance of hatching more bunnelbees than you could of Squirtle and Charmander. That the the percentage of hatching the Pokemon is not the same, even though they're categorized in the same tier. Of, of eggs. Yeah, precisely. Got it. Got it. It's crazy because even was it in the purple egg, the 10 kilometer thing was at the fourth tier. The only thing they have is Axel, right? Is that Axel? Axel. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen that thing hatched since God, like the beginning times of when I played the game, which was back in like 2020. Yeah. I remember 10 K eggs used to be the shit. Now I, I don't even care about those anymore. Man. It's scary. Actually the five kilometer eggs right now have been the, the sweet spot with Togepi and, Forgot the other Pokemon that's uh, in the. What was it? What was it? I'm all about the 12k eggs. Well, yeah, that too. Well, now with the release of the shiny Volibee, I'm just like I've ah. always been about the 12k eggs. Yeah, 12k eggs is good. I mean, with the exception, always like every egg pool has like a odd one out. Like, but 12k like, eggs have some cool Pokemon. It has like Bisharp in it. Um, what's the little crocodile guy? I remember his name. Sandile. Sandile. Yeah. So it's got some. It's got some worthwhile Pokemon in the uh, in the 12k egg pool. No, it was it was Sableye and Togepi. So I mean, either way, it's like you can get your your Pokemon or your XL that way. 
mm-hmm. like the one possible XL he can get. I'm all about 12K eggs. I'm all about 12K eggs. Yeah. Uh, moving along here. I'm actually excited for this. I think it's on Thursday this week or Friday this week. We have the release of Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Now, I'm, I'm a person that up until the first six generations played these games hardcore. I'd be there on opening day or opening night, buy the game, play it, have my other friend buy the other one, trade the Pokemon back and forth. Uh, so I definitely played Diamond and Pearl. And also, was it Platinum that came out with Diamond and Pearl? I think it was yeah, it was platinum. Platinum, yeah, it was platinum. There you go, Ryan. Did you play the games? Did you like? Uh, were you a Pokemon Go? Or I'm sorry, were you a Pokemon fan? Because Dom really only played red and blue up to yellow, and then I jumped. Okay, right so into- red and blue because <laughs> it's the same generation. <laughs> and then yeah, you didn't I jumped, really- to, I jumped into the Sun and Moon with the 3ds. Yeah. So what? What's your history with the RPG games? Yeah, I followed the main series games for a while and actually participated in the video game championships at one point a while back, I think in the black and white era. And uh, but around Sun and Moon, like the formula kind of got a little bit too stale for me. And I haven't bought a new main series game since Sun and Moon, um, aside from Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. Well, what is it about the RPG games then that you would like to see changed? Because... What is it that what, what is it that got repetitive? Is it the eight gyms, or I think in Sun and Moon it was the four? I think it was four, right? It wasn't gyms in. in yeah, it was something else. Yeah, it, it was like lands or something. Um, or is it like the starter Pokemon, fire, water, grass, starter? What is it that you would like to see change in terms of the formula in the RPG games? Honestly, I I think it's just the whole RPG element itself, like the whole catching and training a Pokemon, putting a team together, fighting all the people, kicking everybody's ass. And uh, it's just kind of monotonous and time consuming. It's the the same thing reskinned over and over again. And while I do love Pokemon, I love the franchise. I'm still following it. Obviously, I picked up Pokemon Go. um, But I think like Sun and Moon kind of marked the end for that. Like I just can't get excited for like main series, like same, same old, same old type games. Well, then let me ask you this. Dom and I had a conversation, I don't know, last episode or two episodes ago about what could the bigger picture in the Pokemon RPG games be, right? Do you see ever kind of like an open world Pokemon game where multiple regions are in it? Because I think that would get a lot of people excited. I think that you are the voice of a lot of frustrated Pokemon RPG players, Ryan, is is that it's just very repetitive. It's the same type starters it's the same formula i i think that you are you are voicing what a lot of people have an issue with so what what in your mind like do you think that the pokemon company just wants to keep doing this over and over again or do you ever think that there is some kind of i don't know if end game is the right word or some kind of broader pokemon universe uh out there it's a pretty big topic to tackle. Um, <laughs> yeah, we talked. We we had a whole conversation on that. I just want to. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, as far as uh, game freaks concerned, and you know their formula and how they're doing things, I think they've definitely noticed that people don't want the same old, same old anymore. With uh, Sun and Moon, they tried to change up the plotline formula a bit, and uh, I guess uh, Sword and Shield have a bunch of exploration kind of mechanics and trying to change things up there. But at the end of the day, like the core gameplay is just so slow, you know, and uh, I want to 
do fun, exciting stuff. I want to run around, you know, I want some real time combat kind of stuff. So it's hard to say. I mean, with Pokemon, it's such a big franchise. You can't please every single individual at the end of the day. Uh, if enough people are interested in the same old, same old, you know, then there's a market for that and they're going to appeal to that market. Uh, and I have noticed that they have been doing alternative stuff on the side too to try to spice things up. And I think uh, my demographic, I guess, is more interested in the spicy stuff, you know? So, but as far as linking the greater Pokemon universe altogether, that sounds pretty ambitious. And uh, I have I have no idea if we're ever going to see anything uh, exactly like that, but it would be interesting to see in the future if they had like some Omega game that linked together all the different regions and everything. Well, then I don't know if, if you've seen the trailers for the Pokemon Legends Arceus game, um, which now we're getting into like the multiverse, right? <laughs> we're getting to like different timelines in different regions of the Pokemon universe. But it seems that it's an interesting concept, right? Because I don't think they can keep remaking games. I think that Diamond and Pearl has to be the last remake. I, I'm not interested in a black and white remake, although I loved the, the game black and white. But I, I think that they're running out of the remake capabilities and now they'll start where they go back in certain regions timelines right so maybe they'll go into the, the timeline of black and white but 10,000 years ago or whatever it is right change the region tra- change pokemon forms change pokemon evolutions and, and so i don't know if you've seen the gameplay for for pokemon legends arceus it looks a little final fantasy dare i say in terms of the gameplay. So I don't know, maybe that's something that would interest you more. I, I, I don't know if you've seen the trailers or not, but that could be something maybe that, that interests you there, Ryan. I haven't been uh, following Arceus that closely. Um, I've heard rumors about it, but I haven't really watched a whole lot of the trailer footage of the actual gameplay. I heard you can like wrestle the Pokemon or something like that. But yeah, it's definitely a different 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 type of encounter with the pokemon. I don't I don't know necessarily if you're wrestling with it right but it's definitely different. Like you're hiding in the grass now and it, it it's definitely gearing towards changing the the dynamics of the gameplay, which I think is what you were kind of alluding to, Ryan, where it's just the advanced mechanics of catching a pokemon. And it does seem a little bit more open worldy, right? I didn't play Sword and Shield, but this one in the trailer definitely looks like it's kind of open world uh you know i obviously it's pokemon it's, it won't be but I, I could see them uh making some of these changes just to to get the casual fan back because I, I agree i think that ryan's right where you can only do the same thing for so long um before it gets boring but bringing it back to diamond and pearl here we have the event uh coming out on tuesday the 16th till the 21st right uh we knew this was coming we knew this was coming. We called this on the podcast like two months ago. You've got the starter Pokemon in Spotlight Hours. You, I, I can't stand the stupid hat Pokemon. I just can't do it. <laughs> oh, it stresses me out. You know, we've got all these issues in, in Go Battle League. I've got lag in every single battle. I've got people getting free fast moves on me all the time. Sometimes I'm getting the, I'm the, the beneficiary of free fast moves. And yet none of this shit can be fixed. Even though they said in a letter that they promised to listen to the community, they promised, Ryan, that they were going to listen to us. And what the fuck did we get? We get more hat Pokemon now. Yeah, I'd be more okay with the hat Pokemon if Empoleon could have a cool hat. But that's just <laughs> not the reality we live in, is it? You know, uh, Pokemon Unite, they get freaking crustal with a mansion on its back. 
And what do we get? We get a Piplup with a cute hat can't even evolve. What the what the hell? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Have you seen this crustal? It has a palace. It has like the Taj Mahal on its back. Yeah. Why can't like why can't we have that? That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> It's like Pokemon Unite needs to mesh with Pokemon Go for like the fashion <laughs> esketeer or whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't know, because they got some like wacky fashion stuff. But hey, it's like you got the Pokemon that you would want to at least battle with in, in the game. But we can't give Empoleon a beret or a snow beanie too much. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, you know, just because you're climbing, right? You've been climbing the last week, right? I, I think... You have officially qualified for the Pokemon Go Championships, right? You are a legend in season nine. Pokemon Go as an esport—it's a—that's a pretty funny joke, right? That's a joke. That's that's Niantic like April Foolsing us in November, right? Hey, well, uh, I think the first first tournament happens in Europe uh, before April, but the first uh, one on U.S. soil in Florida is actually on April first. Yes, so. yes. Dom and I are we well, are. We'll find, we'll find out then. Well, we live in Florida, so we will potentially be there. We talked last episode about making our reservations in Orlando. Uh, it's a beautiful time of the year. It's it's the turn of spring. I think is the last week of March. So I mean, Ryan, we we can give you the four one one on your YouTube channel from the first Pokemon Go regional tournament and how much of a fucking shit show it's gonna be on your YouTube channel. You can you can jot us down. Like you don't even have to ask us. We'll be there for you, man. I'm like ninety five percent sure I'm gonna be at that tournament too. So Ooh. look alive. Well, now we're getting into, uh, now we need to get a room together, right? <laughs> I don't know if you've seen these uh, hotel prices and rental car prices lately, but uh, shit's cheap around, uh, shit's expensive around here, man. All right, so that event's coming up this week. I probably will be buying these games because I was a Diamond and Pearl fan back in the day. So uh, if I'm not here for next week's episode, you know what happened. Oh, boy. But in recent news, Ryan's favorite person, John Hankey, I'm just I'm just kidding. It's not really his favorite person. I'm just making a joke there. Uh, John Hankey, CEO of Niantic, wrote an article about the Facebook slash metaverse being a dystopian nightmare. Now, first of all, let me explain that the words dystopian nightmare don't really make sense to me. It's okay? funny. That, that, that alone <laughs> is what got me like, so like, okay, I got to read this. It's right, funny. right. Maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. I have a college degree. But uh, the words dystopian nightmare don't really understand what that means. Okay, sounds like a bunch of hunters are, are are getting into this. Right, and the other thing is, I don't like John Hankey. Okay, like I've made it very well known on this podcast that I'm not a fan of the moves that Niantic makes every so often. So I already, but for, and and then second of all, I don't even really like Mark Zuckerberg because I I kind of feel like he's an asshole too. Right, so I don't know what the hell's going on here, but. In an interview with Wired, Hanky comes out and basically is stressing the, and I'm using air quotes here because I don't understand this, air quotes, metaverse, right? I didn't even understand what the word meta meant until Pokemon Go. I'm not a video, I'm not an avid video game player besides Pokemon and the occasional Madden game or Call of Duty game. So I didn't even understand what meta is. So, so what, what's happening here? Hanky is mad at Zuckerberg. Because Zuckerberg's now trying to get into the AR world. Is that is that what's happening here? I think so. But like the true virtual, virtual, you can create your own scene, be a part of it, do whatever you want with your personal life, work life, anything that you want to create. 
you can bring everyone together. So I guess Mr. John is taking it to heart there where, you know, that's just taking it too far and it's not going to work, I guess, with Pokemon Go or just their vision that they have because they think, you know, the best vision or the best reality that you could have meshed with AR is being in the physical world, I guess, walking to a place still, but still have virtual things in your reality. And that's better than 100% virtual, virtual, I guess, sitting at your home and interacting. Yeah, because basically what Facebook's trying to do is have like a virtual conference room, so to say, to get, just to give you an example, right? We're all in a conference room, but we're not really. We're in our living room or our house, right? So I, I don't know, maybe, you know, you, Dom or Ryan can talk about this a little bit more, but in my opinion, Niantic, their whole larger mission with Pokemon Go doesn't really seem to be about the community. And this was what the whole Heroes Niantic thing was about, is that the community around the game Pokemon Go did not felt, uh, they did not feel like they were being heard by Niantic. And it seems that Niantic's bigger mission, right, is to focus on AR and developing its, its AR systems as opposed to developing a game that people enjoy and love to play. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, yeah, we we, de- we talked about it and Trainer Tips talked about it as well, too. At the end of the day, that is their mission statement is developing this AR platform and Pokemon is just the, the means to an end just to get people to interact and play the game and possibly with all the money that we're throwing into our wonderful incubators. But Zero know. dollars for me. <laughs> yeah. Zero dollars. And the raid passes. But I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I just... It's it's interesting because, you know, I wanted to talk about this a little bit is the fact that I think, you know, with all the things that we've already talked about on this episode now and then what we talked about outside prior to and everything is like Pokemon Go for what it is, we all love it. Like what Ryan said, you know, it's just a fast paced game. We're jumping into these battles. We can do this, you know, two minutes or less if it's not really like Chansey and XL uh, Lickitung's, but, you know. But it's just, it's interesting how the company or multiple companies are pushing this AR and this metaverse thing. And I don't know if this is something that's going to really mesh with Pokemon in the long run. So I don't know. Like, it's it's just an interesting point that, you know, John's trying to make a stance of something like this. And as a community, <laughs> from what we've been fighting since day one, prior to even like the whole 80 kilometer thing is this is not what we want. We just want a good running game for PVP and, you know, all the other little aspects of, of Pokemon Go. And we just want it to be that way. We don't want AR. You know, maybe some people they do, but it's it's not from what they've already showcased to us. It's not enough for me to be like, oh, I'm really intrigued. From my understanding, uh, I think what Zuckerberg is all about isn't AR, but it's a uh, VR. So he's trying mm-hmm. to have more of a virtual, virtual reality. reality. Right. And I guess that directly opposes the augmented reality, which is what Pokemon goes about, their AR tech. The article I did read from John Hankey like a bajillion months ago, he was talking about like how he doesn't want the world to be like ready player one and everyone's just like becoming big old lards just sitting in their decrepit house, letting their physical self and surroundings deteriorate around them because they're engrossed in this virtual reality, these uh, video games where you're not out in the real world. So he's all into the AR tech because he wants people to still appreciate reality and he wants to uh, spice up reality, I guess. Uh, So obviously he's got like a a brand that he's got to, you know, promote. And if Zuckerberg is saying, nah, we're doing the VR stuff, well, then he's got to bark back and be like, nah, AR, 
that VR is evil. It's the devil. It'll <laughs> turn you into those people from Wally. So <laughs> that's a funny. Analogy. Yeah, like here's a quote from uh, the article that Hanky did with. Uh, I think it's wired. He says, quote, immersion in a 3D world might be an entertainment experience, but that's not where you'll spend the majority of your life. I don't need to make a conference room look like a cartoon Tahiti that doesn't make it better for me. I understand what Hanky's saying. As somebody who plays Pokemon Go and has so since day one, I have a strong dislike for the guy, right? He looked like an asshole at the first Pokemon Go Fest when nothing worked. And there still are massive problems with this game that have persisted for months and months and months. And I, I get, you know, wanting to make this. And I, I, this is what I love the game. I love Pokemon Go. You love it, Dom. You love it, Ryan. That's why we're all here. We have found a common connection with something that we love and we are so passionate about to get together and have these types of conversations. But unfortunately, a lot of these conversations are about the bullshit that Niantic does and the the issues that continue to plague the game. This is a game that's trying to become an e-sport. They're trying to become an e-sport and it doesn't seem like there have been any attempts to fix the game in terms of PVP. We just talked about costume hats and themed Pokemon and we've, we haven't even gotten an update from Niantic about, and I'm doing the Italian thing with my fingers here. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't even gotten an update from Niantic. Like, hey, we understand that this is an issue. We are working on it. They've told us that we're speaking to people in in, in um, what was it with the um, um, task force, the task force, and influencers, and 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 having sit downs with them. And it just feels like, besides the eighty kilometers, the biggest issue with this game, it's just ignored. And so for. John Hankey to you know I understand I when you when you take it for what it is black and white I think he's right mm-hmm. but he, it's also somebody I'm like dude you don't listen to the people who play your game so why the fuck would I care what you say about Facebook or or or, or Zuckerberg or anything like that because to me there is a massive uh, need for this game to be fixed in terms of PvP if they want to turn it into an eSport. Because if we're there, if you, me, Ryan, Dom, well, all of us are there in Orlando, and we're losing battles because there's lag, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> I'm going to be so mad when that happens because I've 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 revolved my you know, not my life, but hey, I'm going to go to Orlando. I'm going to take time off of work. I'm going to spend my money to go up to a hotel. And then the game is being ruined by lag. And it, for my my overall point here is that there just doesn't seem to be any kind of attempt by Niantic to fix their game. And so I don't really care what Hanky says about anything else. I think the point that is interesting, though, is the fact that even whatever Zuckerberg does, I don't even care because it has no relevance towards the game. And if John looks the other way, as far as, you know, the people that play it and just, you know, gives us what we want, there there won't be no barking back at Zuckerberg because that's not what we want at the end of the day. You know, there's no reason to not to say be jealous or be scared or concerned or to have these kind of comments. You know, it's just it's not relevant. So, look, I, I get what he's saying, and I, I want to get Ryan's take on this real quick. I get what he's saying, right? And I love what their mission is in terms of getting people off the couch. It's why I love Pokemon Go. I've had so many amazing experiences getting off my couch, going to the park, 
We met that lady the other day that was 70 years old and I had a conversation with her for an hour. I would never talk to her without this game. And I have so many stories of that, Dom, but it gets frustrating when there's just, just, there's this inability to fix their game by Niantic. But Ryan, I want to get your take. I don't want to keep going on this uh, Zach versus Niantic thing. So just, I don't know, you, you're somebody who obviously is ticked off by some of Niantic's practices. Where do you stand in terms of their inability to fix the game? I'm not like uh, involved with like game creation or, you know, anything like that. So I like to feel like I'm a little bit more forgiving towards a lot of the lag issues because... I guess I'd have to assume, you know, I'd have to imagine that there have been attempts made to fix the game. And uh, we've seen that they have done fixes. Uh, You know, the dirty swap is gone. If you don't remember the dirty swap. Yeah. There was the whole exploit with like Melmetal or just like an exploit with fast moves in general. And there have been other like glitches and instances that they have fixed. And, you know, how easy is it to fix them? You know, I really can't say Uh, from what I understand from like programmers and stuff. Sometimes when you fix one bug, you create a couple more bugs. So I'm a little bit forgiving there. But at the same time, they're making billions of dollars and they're pouring all this money into uh, AR tech, which for the most part is a little bit useless in the grand scheme of things. Like if that's your passion project, by all means, you know, that's the mission of the company. But I think they really need to focus on... uh, you know, their their moneymaker here, which is Pokemon Go. And I feel like more attention and more resources, you know, should be spent in trying to fix the game, making it more balanced and uh, less laggy, you know? Well, then let, let's let's live in a world, right, where we're having a Pokemon Go championship next year. Let's live in a world where Niantic acknowledges publicly the issues in PvP. Because there, there's not a person listening to this podcast who's played more than a day of PvP and not lost or won a game due to lag, right? So let's live in a world where they're clairvoyant about the issues going on and the attempts to fix it. I'd be totally fine with that. Yep. I would be more receptive to the issues if there was more communication from the company about XYZ problems, but they don't do that. They don't acknowledge the issues. They don't tell us what they're fixing. They said there was a server maintenance at the beginning of November, we had no fucking clue what that was on, right? We can we can hope and assume that it was on PvP, but we don't know. So just again, we had this whole thing where we had to have a petition and Pokemon Go and the community was in articles. It was trending on Twitter where people are so upset about how Niantic does not listen to their community. And I think that if you pull the, 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 the Pokemon Go community right now, the number one issue would be PvP lag. And there's been no acknowledgement from Niantic, no uh, talk about it, how they're fixing it, how they're working on it, how it's, how it's going to be fixed by the regional championships. Because again, there's going to be a lot of resources spent by people going to these events. And if you have lag determining outcomes that is a huge issue so i i i get being sympathetic to niantic and to the developers and whatnot but it's again it's the lack of communication from niantic in terms of what the problem is are they trying to fix it and how long will it possibly take for it to be fixed yeah i can agree with the communication end of it because you know they have like their acknowledged issues page but they don't follow up on it they don't really say what their plan is And if they're actually fixing it or if they're not, 
we have no clue. So it's like, yeah, we hear you guys. We hear all these issues. Here's this page we have that says, yeah, we got issues, but are we going to do something about it? Well, we're going to tell you we are, but are we actually doing that? So kind of leaving us, you know, out to dry like that uh, really sucks. And it feels like uh, they don't really care what our experience is. And to a degree, they don't even care if the tournament that we're going to be going to is going to be a shit show or not. Right. We've had these issues. I don't know if you follow Self Arena a lot where, you know, there has to be like an arbiter of self battles if there is lag and then they have to restart the battle, but you have to have the same starter Pokemon. I mean, it's 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 such an issue and I don't want to keep harping on the same thing over and over again because I know that you you have a couple of things you want to get into with uh, Ryan here, but it's just with any company, you you would hope that I would be so much more sympathetic to an issue if there was just communication. Because I can brace myself for it. I can. I know what's going on. I know when it could possibly be fixed. And, and none of that's happened on Niantic, even though the community made it known that, hey, you're not listening to us. And Niantic was like, we hear you. We, we are definitely hearing you. We're going to have these meetings. We're going to have the diaries. And what was the first diary on? Well, I enjoyed it. It was about community day. Who, who really needed that information? It wasn't necessary. I liked the dev diary. I enjoyed it. I liked finding out what the information was about Community Day and the theology about it, but it's not important to the game and what the issues are. So I know we want to move on here, but I don't know. I just get I, I get fed up with with the lack of, of communication and the lack of wanting to engage with your community because it is a passionate community. It's a passionate um, fan base, so to say. And like, like Ryan, said, Ryan said, they're making billions of dollars and they just refuse to even acknowledge that there's a problem. So, But yeah, no, I understand what you're saying though, Zach. It's just uh, with all the fuss that's been going on. But I think someone in our in our chat has shared something for good old Artemis where he should be like the manager. They're looking for a couple new roles that are going to have people come together and just really focus on the community. So I really hope like that happens. But I mean, that's like a whole other team building idea there. But, you know, let's let's just set that conversation to the side because, you know, we only got so much more time left on this podcast. And I want to focus on Ryan again here because, you know, we got the man here with the tips. So and I just want to talk about like team building here. So, yeah, good old team building, uh, Ryan. I just want to like get into it and just pick your brain a little bit because it's funny because the the point of, you know, watching all your videos and just communicating with other people and the online and in our local chats it's just kind of interesting how sometimes it feels like people have a very very hard time building a team for uh, pvp and i want to see maybe like if you can throw out any tips that would encourage people to create teams that are outside of the typical content creator teams that are always shared because i always welcome that stuff but i feel like at the end of the day you know to build some sort of spice or something that's a little bit unique is is I think the the new edge, at least in my perspective, when it comes to uh, winning matches. Yeah, I guess it depends on like what kind of meta you're approaching. If it's a more open meta or a more closed meta, um, maybe should I be a little bit more specific in, in terms of uh, you know if we should focus in Great League or Ultra League or or Master League? I think really the the common denominator for most people that are very comfortable with, which is going to be another question I'll probably ask afterwards, but. You know, the fact of, you know, Great League, let's just put in that perspective of, of team building there. Because it seems like, you know, obviously with the championship coming around the corner and other competitions and stuff, it's always wrapped around Great League no matter what. You know, I really wish they encourage Ultra League and, and Master League, but 
you know, let's just start maybe team building ideas for for greatly because you know, it seems like the common denominator, which I personally for me is getting very I'm getting very bored about is the ABB line. And I feel like with now Niantic, you know, with you know, the recent community days and at least a few other things that they've been pushing lately, it's like throwing out new moves. And I feel like the shift or the new idea, at least for me personally, is coming up with a balanced team or at least, you know, Pokemon that have very unique typings to their movesets, which can throw a curveball when it comes to creating your team. So you're not really approaching it in a very direct ABB line, but maybe with a, a Pokemon that are three different huge typings, but each of them have, you know, different typings for their charge moves in itself. So, I mean, what's your take on, you know, team building when it comes to that aspect? Yeah, for the most part, um, most metas are going to be more of a threat response meta than a simplified meta. Uh, back in the day, I used to do all these meta simplified videos, and uh, I feel like the Great League, more than anything, has gotten so out of control. It's really hard to simplify that for people. So when it comes to the team building process, what I do is I, I pick my lead, right? And uh, my lead is supposed to win against you know these uh, expected matchups, and uh, there's matchups I lose. You know, you lose the lead. What do you do then? Uh, well, you go to your safe swap. And when it comes to a safe swap, either that's like the the pivot Pokemon or the ABC Pokemon. Uh, some people do the ABB lines, and then they have a one of the B Pokemon be their safe swap, right? So you want to swap in a Pokemon that can scare off the stuff that is threatening your lead. And then uh, obviously you want it to be able to get shields or possibly give you a swap advantage. So your lead Pokemon doesn't have to get stuck in that bad matchup. Or maybe your lead Pokemon could get enough like energy farm going on where it could potentially overcome that bad lead. So I imagine for a lot of people that sounds really complicated, but when it comes to me and building teams, I just focus on those two core Pokemon at first. And then I try to think about where that team will have me off once those two Pokemon are done doing their jobs and who's the final Pokemon to bring it all home, you know? And do you usually like use your lead Pokemon as as that one Pokemon that might bring it home, so to speak, or do you kind of like rely like um, I guess what I'm probably where I'm getting at as well too is, you know, is there a little bit more of a strategy maybe beyond just the typical ABB line or a line that um, that most people talk about? Because maybe I guess the best perspective that I can or the best example that I can put it as is. You know, I was very happy that King Shoutcast in my team that I use for Ultra League because I've been using it the past couple seasons now. Granted, it's not the perfect team at all, but the team is Golade as the lead with Farfetch, Surfetch, I mean, and Lapras in the back. Basically, you know, that, that team is just weak to charm, you know, without a doubt. But basically, I kind of almost utilize Golade as my winning closer Pokemon, even though it's in the lead. But my main goal is to get those first shields or two and basically my safe switch is surfetch so i try to brave bird to hell of any pokemon that comes in and usually at the end lapras just comes in soaks up like two moves and then here we go like galate at the very end may have a shield or two advantage and usually wins most matches just because of the confusion damage or at least the damage of confusion and and uh close combat or, or leaf blade it's kind of funny like king was very surprised with some of those reactions like oh my god it's a double resistant leaf plate is it gonna knock it out it's like oh yeah I, I know i know but yeah i'm just trying to see like maybe if there's like other ways of of creating teams besides like the typical abb line that maybe can get people more creative because i think it's just getting 
a little stale personally when it comes to seeing the typical double steel line like we're seeing right now in Master League or you know the the good old Azumarill and uh, what's what's the other Pokemon that we usually see in Great League? Altaria, Altaria's, yeah, Stump. Oh yeah, Stumpfisk. Yep. Yeah, I feel like uh, breaking from the ABB or the AB pivot type teams, breaking from that formula is uh, almost impossible because at the end of the day, if you do formulate some sort of team that does break that mold and it's successful, um, you could still probably trace it back to being. ABB pivot or ABB in some way or another, uh, just because you can bait in certain Pokemon that are threatening to one of the Pokemon in your backline, and it's not the same type of that Pokemon, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, uh, not ABB. I guess an uh, example I could give you is uh, a Great League team that I'm having a lot of fun using in Open Great League is I'm using Deoxys Defense Form with a uh, Shadow Skunk Tank as a safe swap. And then I close out the game with uh, Shadow Zapdos. Ooh. Now, if you look at Skunk Tank and Zapdos, you know, there's really no coverage or, you know, anything similar about them in that respect. They're completely different Pokemon aside from both being Shadows. But what the Skunk Tank does as a safe swap is that it brings in those ground type Pokemon that want to slam dunk on the Skunk Tank. And then because it's a Shadow Skunk Tank, it's got Flamethrower, it's got Crunch, it's aggressive, it's going to get your shields. Even though it's going to lose that matchup very likely, it's going to do some serious damage and it's going to remove that threat for Zapdos in the end game. And then it's going to set up my lead Pokemon to just hammer down on their weakened Pokemon. So I'd consider that to be more of like an AB pivot, I guess, because I'm pivoting with the, uh, the Skunk Tank there. But at the end of the day, you could also think of it as an ABB team because Skunk Tank is trying to bait in the similar counters that it has to the Zapdos there. It's actually pretty, yeah, it's interesting the way that you put it there. Yeah. Do you have like a unique formula that people talk about often, but I don't think it's that successful. <laughs> um, but there's always a lot of hype that gets drummed up when people talk about the ABA team. Yeah, that seems like, actually the... I'd, I almost want to say like that's the trends or like the going trend right now is is the ABA line because it seems like when most people just complain on stream, they're like, who in the hell is doing this ABA line now, you know, with whatever it is in, in some league. But it almost seems like right now it's just kind of working in, a, in an odd way, you know, depending on how you play. Because I, I think we can get into the next topic maybe is like figuring out your play style because ABA line versus ABB line is is like a whole other play style I was just going to say, like, ABA works when it works, but usually there's, like, a set of circumstances around it. Like, I feel like a lot of people are talking about it in respect to the Kanto Cup, and it's just because of the limited meta, the Pokemon that work out well for it. I guess in a way you could think of the team I'm using to climb right now as being an ABA line that just, like, subverts those expectations. But the problem with ABA lines is if you lose the lead, you can just get wrecked so ridiculously hard that yes. there's like no coming back from it. So it's like, yeah, my lines out here, like pretending that like Pidgeot doesn't exist. For example, like my opponent, they, if they lead Pidgeot, I'm done. It's just, it's over, <laughs> but they're not going to do that. And if they do do that, well then I guess that's my loss for the day. Right. But I'm going to hope that that doesn't happen. So you're kind of gambling harder with that. But obviously, it can have its payoffs because it can allow you to uh, climb really fast when you uh, win your gambit there. I mean, my formula is 
I just pick three. <laughs> I, I, because there, at the start of every season, there is a shift in the meta. Now, I, I'm pretty sure there will always be the Azumarill, the Altaria, and the Stunkfist, right? That, that's always going to be. But first of all, at the start of the season, you have people who don't know what the fuck they're doing, right? And those are the best battles. You're like, yay, here's a Armaldo. Great, you know? <laughs> but also, there's there's Pokemon with new moves, that were not relevant before. I think this season it was Kafagrigus, right? It was completely irrelevant before this season. And then it became a part of the meta. It wasn't the meta, but it was it was there. It was definitely, you know, I would say you saw a Kafagrigus at least once a set. So, I don't know. I just pick three and I, I figure out the meta from there. And um, I, I'm somebody... Ryan, I, I I climbed the leaderboards one week this season just to see, you know, hey, can I get on the leaderboards? Cool, I got it. I'm out. You know, I've been running Shadow Arbok this last week whenever I've been doing it with Dragon Tail. You know, I'm just trying to have some fun. And I and I wish, I don't know how they incorporate this, right? Because obviously you want to become a legend. If you're striving towards something in the game, it's, it's to be legend. You want the pose, you want the Pikachu. And now in, in the game, you want to be eligible for the regionals, the Pokemon Go Championship, right? But I just wish there was a way to incorporate other Pokemon. And and I know that there's the Remix Cup and stuff like that, but those are we, – we don't know when those are coming back, right? We, Kanto Cup wasn't around for almost a year or, or six months or eight months. Right. We don't know when the next little cup is coming. I mean, you built a Bronzor – and you haven't been able to use it for over a year now, right? When, what was that cup with Bronzor? Where was the was, was it the little cup? It was probably like the first little cup ever. Yeah. So I just wish there was a way for them to incorporate, and and maybe it is a show six pick three, maybe it is, but just to incorporate different teams because if you know that somebody has in their party an Azumarill and an Altaria. You can kind of game plan for that. But like Ryan said, there are certain games where I'm trying to run something spicy and I see an Azumarill and I'm like, you bitch, I'm out, you know? So I I don't know how you fix that. I don't know that there is a fix to that. It's just me ranting because I, I like to try different things. And to climb, Dom, you see all the, Dom featured a video of me running a level 50 spritzy, you yeah. know? And I had success with that. I had, I, you, you can make it work. If you figure it out with your team building, with your um, sack swapping and stuff like that. So I don't know how they do that. I, I, I Maybe it's a show six pick three. I don't know if they'll ever do that. But uh, I just wish there was a way for them to incorporate Pokemon that are not relevant. Like I always go to the PV poke and I see what's what's 300 and, and, and less in Great League. Right? <laughs> like what can I run to have some fun here? I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to fix that, but... Uh, I, I think that would make PvP a lot more fun. It's just to see random po- like Maybe you would have to run... Uh, th- there would be a cup, right? Where you have to run one Pokemon that's not evolved. I don't know. I'm just... I just wish there was a way to have more fun with with some of these Pokemon and, and to see different alternatives and different options in PvP. Uh, as far as uh, different options are concerned, like at the end of the day, there's going to be a meta. There's going to be what works and there's what doesn't work. And when it comes to like spice picks and stuff like that, it's like something that can subvert expectations and get the one over on people. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's only working in this like one particular context during this period of time. Uh, I think the main way to get diversity is to have those cup formats where the types are limited. But even then, depending on the cup format, you still run into the same problem that once the meta is figured out, everybody's using the same thing once again. 
Uh, the best thing I can point towards is all the different Sylph Cups uh, that the Sylph Arena runs, where they have the limited types, they got the limited format. But then once the meta's boiled down, like everybody's using the same four Pokemon in their look at six, pick three kind of situation there. It's like, there's a meta, there is what works, and you can have the spicy, interesting stuff to subvert expectations and freak people out or, you know, change how they play. But at the end of the day, there's going to be what's good, and then there's going to be the ridiculous meme that you're trying to make happen, you know? (laughs) Ryan, do you ever think that there'll be a cup where Shuckle is allowed? (laughs) I mean, I love Shuckle. I love the memes, but I really don't want to build a shuckle. I really don't. I really do. So I, I really do. I, I hope, and I want to use it. They don't. I don't have stardust like that, man. I can't. I can't build shuckle. Or, the, just, or is it smear? I'm afraid of it because I'm weak. That's it. I mean, like you, you act like you're, you're not going to build a level 51 to Denny and try it in Ultra League one day. You know, you can you can build the shuckle. All right, you can build one shuckle. <laughs> we'll we'll see about that. Um, you, you know. Any- um, when it comes to building a successful team, though, uh, do you want me to share with uh, your listeners the secret that got me to legend this season to begin with? The swag Woo! tip secret? Let me get ready for this. Hang on. Okay. Please do. All right. So I was doing the uh, the Premier Cup Classic Ultra League, right? And I had this big brain team, and it was working out super well. But I kept getting knocked down the moment I'd approach, you know, the 2997, 2999. <laughs> I just kept getting my butt fucked by these Lapras Crobat cores. I just couldn't get around them. I couldn't think of a Pokemon to overcome them. So I decided if these Lapras Crobat cores can kick my ass, then I think I can kick ass with a Lapras Crobat core. So I built a Crobat and uh, I already had a Lapras. So I started using a Lapras Crobat Shadow Machamp team. Like the third Pokemon, I never really saw a Shadow Machamp in that role, and I felt that it could put in some serious work. So I put my own spin on it. And uh, sometimes that's what it takes to get to the top. You notice something working, especially if something working against you, maybe that's the hot thing to do. And uh, I guess if people are lost in their team building process, my basic recommendation that I gave, I guess, a million years ago, and I expect people to remember, and watch all of my content and remember every single word I say. <laughs> um, but I think the best thing to do is that if you are copying like a YouTuber team or something like that, to try to change it up just a little bit, you know, because everybody's going to watch that YouTuber team. You're going to lead the Dene and they're going to know what the backline two Pokemon are going to be. Uh, so if you make one of those Pokemon different or maybe give them a different moveset, then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, this guy's spanking me. They're not supposed to have that move. Like, why do they have that move? Of course, I'm fighting the one opponent using a poison jab, a lowly muck with sludge wave. Sludge wave, you know, it's fucking supposed to be acid spray. But of course, my opponent, and you could be that guy uh, wrecking them a sludge wave because they're expecting acid spray all the time. So that's what happened to me in Ultra League twice. <laughs> no joke. No joke. It was with Surfetch. And I'm like, he's going to have acid spray. That's nine times, nine times out of 10. But he he went with the sludge wave. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, you're, what you're saying is true. Like I I I can agree with that. You know, coming up with a you know a YouTube team that you may want to go with and and throw something a little bit extra or something a little bit different is 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 very nice. At least it expands the the team comps that you may come up against. You know, so it's 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 a good thing to 
to throw out there as, as an extra tip. That's for sure. But I would see some content creators sometimes that would do so well in Great League and even our local chat too, which seems to be a common denominator where some people are so used to Great League for some odd reason, but then they're just doing terrible in Ultra League or even worse in Master League. And you can see them climb up to 2800s and then Ultra League, Master League comes around, they just tank down to 2300s and they're not even doing it purposely, you know, so... It makes me wonder, you know, what's the, you know, how can you maybe expand your knowledge or what is like that missing link that's deterring you from winning matches in leagues above Great League and Ultra League and, and Master League Classic or Master League Open in that case? Yeah, it's a, uh, so I can tell you for a fact that this happens a lot with people with Master League. Um, it happens with Ultra League, of course, like each league is different, but I feel like it's most pronounced with uh, with the Master League there. And uh, I'd say Master League, above all the other leagues, has like a different sort of pace to it. So you're used to the pacing of Great League, right? Uh, and when you are at these lower leagues, you have lower HP pools. And um, so things are a little bit faster. Your expectations of how a matchup's going to go or how your swap Pokemon's going to handle a situation is uh, set on that kind of that rhythm, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to Master League, where the HP pools are so huge, uh, it ends up taking a lot longer to do stuff. And then you can get trapped in these matchups and you're like team building. You're thinking about how you're approaching the fight in like a great league kind of way. But the Master League just has, uh, you know, a different, a different amount of bulk. So the pacing ends up being different. And, uh, when I say different amount of bulk, um, when you look at the CP caps and the level caps of Pokemon, uh, and when you think about breakpoints, like the damage you're dealing and the damage you're taking is always kind of roughly the same because your stats are going up, your defense is going up, your attack is going up. So if it's like attack minus defense, both those numbers are still going up. But then you also have HP, which is also increasing. So... As you go up in the leagues, like fights naturally take longer and that pacing of the fight takes longer because it's bigger HP. And it's uh, probably one of the bigger reasons why I don't really play Master League because it's just such a different feel and different mindset that I just can't get into it. And if I want to take the time to learn it and get into it, I probably could. But there's always like a nice happy little cup around the corner to uh, soften things up. Yeah, I think a good example of that in terms of what Ryan's talking about is I, I ran a Mew in Ultra League. I can't remember which version of Ultra League, whether it was Open or Classic or Premier Classic. I can't remember. But you think of Mew in Great League, right? Wild Charge, except for a few opponents, does a good amount of damage if it doesn't take it out. But in Ultra League, it hits for so much less. Yeah. And I never thought of that because these Pokemon's HP are increased. And, you know, for the most part, Mew doesn't get stab on any of these type of attacks, Wild Charge, any of the hard-hitting attacks that it, that it has access to. So it doesn't do nearly as much damage. So when I used it, I was so disappointed. I, I definitely, I think I had a day where I broke even using Mew and I was like, well... That was disappointing because you you can't you only have two Mews. You, know? you can't revert it back to Great League. So and I had built one for Ultra League. So I think that's what Ryan's talking about. There is in Great League where some of these Pokemon, you know, a, a Shadow Machamp could take out 
a, a certain Pokemon with a cross chop in Master League, a cross chop doesn't do very much to like a Swampert, right? It does like 15% or 20% of its health. So I think that's that's what he's talking about there. And I, I never really thought about that, right? Just the the mathematics of it because the mm-hmm. HP is higher. So uh, I yeah, that's a great point, Brian. I'd never thought of it that way. I think what's what's interesting too, and I know people would, I said it before in the previous podcast, but <laughs> Ryan might, might disagree me on this one, but I feel like, you know, Master League, I always tell people if like, if you want to learn PVP, it's like play Master League. Because I feel like it's an even keel of, of levels for Pokemon. Mm. And it's almost like, you know, Great League and Ultra League, you have certain Pokemon that can reach XL. So mm-hmm. they can maximize right. a certain stat. And then with those moves as well too, because you're playing with less HP or less bulk, there's like those surprising factors just throwing moves can make you win. Yeah, it's like, it's like Mewtwo and Great League. Yeah. You can't take a hit. Yeah. <laughs> but in Master League, it's like you got to know your counts. You got to know like how much it's going to knock out a Pokemon if it does or not. And then you have all these other factors where I feel like it's so well balanced that if you're going to learn the game, at least Master League gives you that, that even playing field to understand it. And then you can work your way down because Great League for me is just pure chaos. I mean, it's like you can come up with like so much random stuff and, and still probably get away with it if you understand how to play the game. But um, in Ultra League, it's like kind of that weird middle ground between the two, you know, where it's like bulk has its play, um, but yet like certain XLs can exceed that expectation. So, no, it's it's kind of interesting that way. Yeah, I guess when it comes to Master League, Master League has a more limited meta. So you can expect what kind of Pokemon your opponent's going to be using. There's like very, very little room to get spicy with it. So in a way, that does make the meta a little bit more hardcore in a sense because you have to get really intricate with those same matchups that you're running into over and over and over again. Um, And I think that's something that a lot of people like about Master League. Uh, And I think it's something that some people like dislike about Master League, especially if you don't have those bigger players for the Master League. So yeah, but I could see how learning Master League could be more comfortable for like a newcomer because when you're in Great League, it feels like you're spinning the slot machine, what you're going to run into. Like it could be anything. Like I don't even do Master League simplified videos anymore because they're, I, I can't simplify this chaos here. <laughs> Where with the Master League, for instance, like it's like here's Dialga. Here are the things that beat Dialga. <laughs> Here's the stuff that beats that. And uh, they're in harmony. Good luck out there. Uh, oh, just to add something in there, you're saying that the uh, Ultra League Premier Cup Classic was a balanced meta? I felt I felt like this time around it was. Even though Trevident and Sylveon was more of the new um, meta that was thrown into the mix, I felt like it was still pretty balanced for what it was. Not having any XLs whatsoever. I just felt like there was just a lot more room for opportunity to kind of play around a little bit with teams if you really wanted to, or if you stuck with a certain team that you see. As seen opposed online. to the first go around of Ultra League, which was oh, XL, yeah. XL, XL. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because I've been somewhat complaining to myself, like, man, sometimes these certain leagues are just getting too out of hand because of just XLs in itself. And, you know, just to have a cap of level 40 for Master League and have a cap for Ultra League of no XLs, I felt like it just gave us some new breath of life for just PvP in general. Yeah, I feel like uh, part of that for the Ultra League Premier Cup, though, at least from my experience, was I feel like people never really figured out the meta, if that makes sense. Like, they never had that moment. And, like, 
like I said, I was losing to like Lapras Crobat all the time. So I decided to use Lapras Crobat and like so many teams just could not even begin to deal with it. So I guess in that sense, it felt like pretty unbalanced from my end because I'm getting all these like four ones and five O's that are just like easy mode in a format that I didn't even study. I just picked up a team that was beating me and now I'm beating everyone. So I guess in that sense, maybe it just didn't stick around long enough for people to figure out the secret behind the meta to make it feel a little bit more samey like that. Well, I think a core breaker there that a lot of people kind of lost track of this season was one that you used is Gallade. Yeah. Right? Because Gallade can handle Crobat and Lapras. And Nidoqueen. Right. In, in in the right situations, right? Maybe uh, with an energy lead or shield advantage, a Gallade can do pretty well against those two Pokemon. Because basically from, from what I was seeing with all the double poison lineups until it starts switching up a little bit is, you know, if I can get a shield in the beginning with Gallade with whoever I'm up against and Gallade have at least half health, I know it can get to another charge move by the time I switch it back in in the end game. So I knew it had some play. I mean, with Needle Queen in the lead, it's like I, I'm guaranteed to get a shield, knock it out. Whatever comes in, great. You know, usually Surfetch can come in and then start farming. And by the time they're like, oh shit, Surfetch, you know, Brave Bird. And then Lapras comes in and just like, Lapras, like it just like starts surfing away. <laughs> the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> I will say against uh, Gallade opponents, I was kind of praying things would work out a little bit. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think I, I this felt to me because I was somebody who used Gallade the first few go arounds in what is now considered Ultra League Premier Classic. Before it was just Ultra League Classic, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's Ultra League Premier Classic. I used Gallade all the time the first few iterations of Ultra League Classic, and it just really felt like it was kind of lost in the shuffle for no reason. Maybe because of Trevenant. Because of Trevident, because of the Charmers. Sil- and, and, then, and Sylveon, and Sylveon, and yeah. Then, and yeah. even XL too. I mean, there I forgot when XL was introduced, I was having some struggle, but even so, I was kind of figuring out like, how can I still use Gallade? Because I, like you said, it still was a core breaker to many teams. Yeah, I, I think that's a Pokemon that got lost in the meta shift in Ultra League Premier Classic, this Goron, because it was part of the meta. The oh, first yeah. few The first few go-arounds in Ultra League Classic. But this time around, it was not. And and you made a run with it. You you got legend with it. Yeah, like 400 points. Because you beat Ryan's ass with his bitch-ass Crobat and Lapras lineup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was a joke, Ryan. I was just kidding, man. Um, I'm very upset now. I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> well, no, Dom said it at the beginning. You're, you're, making me, you're making me relive the trauma of... Of delayed of, go, of going Just nine confusing and, confusion of going nine and one and only losing to a Gallade. <laughs> oh, the horror! You know, uh, speaking of spice, um, so my so a Gallade lead, like I had to pray that they wouldn't swap out when I brought in Crobat because them sticking in with Crobat's like the only way I'd win. Um, but Gallade safe swaps every time. They would save swap Gallade. I would like pray to myself, like, please just don't be the spicy one with the synchro noise. Just please just uh, have the grass <laughs> and the fighting move and just do nothing to my Crobat. Yeah. This is what I'm relying on here. Yeah, I've I've never run the synchro noise Gallade. I want to. I want I to. Was, I was this close, but it is one extra confusion. And it's too. also an elite TM if you don't have it. Yep. Yeah. So. so. But yeah, when it comes to the XL gripes, though, I feel like reason why a lot of people don't like them and why I don't like a lot of XL Pokemon is that a lot of players just can't keep up with it. It's just such a resource investment. Mm -hmm. 
So if you want to compete in a meta and you want to use like the good Pokemon and then like a handful of the good Pokemon are XL Pokemon that you need to grind in indefinitely to get, you know, it's just hard to keep up. And I feel like a lot of people were starting to resent the Ultra League because it just became like XL Great League. And if you don't have every single cool XL toy, well, then get fucked. <laughs> you know, there's no cup happening this time. You got <laughs> Ultra League and and that's it, kiddo. So um, so I feel like doing like the classic cup to get rid of the XLs, I think that was a really nice change of pace and was really well received. Yeah, but it was so well received because people got fucked the first go around <laughs> with, with not having access. You're a thousand percent right. There are people who... Would you know they they download the game they enjoy it and then they they start they start to play PvP they can be relevant in in Great League just having started off in the game and then you get to Ultra League and you got no shot because you like like Ryan said you have to grind indefinitely just to get to level forty just to get XL candy so uh, that's something that uh, Dom and I definitely uh, pinpointed I think the first go around with with the Ultra League so I, I hope they can make some kind of cup or or do something like if you're not level 40 there here's a league for you or something like that right well they so, should probably just have i think if they have the open league have the cap league with no xl and then another league below where there's just options i think that would just be fair enough and call it a day any other encouraging words of swag tips yeah um there is also another uh hidden secret that no other content creator, no streamer, no YouTuber will ever tell you as far as being able to win in PvP. But just for you guys, I'll let everybody in on the secret here. Let's go. So one of the best ways to win at PvP is to not fight Ryan Swag. <laughs> just top left. <laughs> you you look- see my name? You should just top left right there. Save yourself the trouble. <laughs> but that's if your a, that's opponent how... isn't me, then maybe you have a chance. There is a possibility. I mean, you are a top hundred in the in the world right now, right? Yeah, that's probably that's that is just probably secret sauce right now, just to get to the thirty. Yeah, well now 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 everyone knows your bitch ass ultra league teams. <laughs> Where, where's 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 uh, where's uh, was it Yasser lead when hear hear you out, man? You got another top player in the world coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows your crowbat lapper secret. It's out, pal. No, we're in Canto now, so <laughs> that's next season if it's still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully. Swag is able to penetrate 3,500. I'm looking forward to the penetration, said no one ever. <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to it too, but man, I keep hitting 2448 like over and over again. Wait, 20? like I've hit it four times. You now. mean 3448? Yeah, sorry, sorry, my bad. I'm I'm not used to being this high up. I've never been this good before, <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh man. Um, but yeah, no, I keep hitting 3448, that number, every single time. Like if I get like a 2-3 and then another 2-3 and then like I 4-1 I or something, I'm back at that exact number. And I'm like, come on, man. I'm not the only one. I was stuck on 2805 for like three or four days straight until I uh, found that team leads to skyrocket. But yeah, I know that feeling. It's just, it's like you take a couple hours of playing and then you're like, crap, I'm in the same spot. How? It's like those those numbers. That's that's another thing that people talk about too. Is that the the point system needs to change again? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. 
Remember that time when you would get like a 3-2 and you'd get like 50 points ELO? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, what the hell? <laughs> um, yeah, shit's, uh, shit's crazy up here. Like I go 3-2 sometimes and I'll lose oh, yeah. Yeah. like two or three ELO. I'm like, yeah. how? I, and, I did uh, that when I was around the 3200 and I was like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Shadow Arbuck, let's go. <laughs> I don't remember the precise scores of my opponents, but I actually had a run today where I fought people that were in like 3,500 something. They were like super, super high up there, like page one, top 10. And uh, I got my ass kicked, of course. And um, I actually went 2-3 and I only dropped one point. I only dropped one point. I went 2-3. I was like, how does this happen too? I guess my opponents were just that good. It didn't hurt me that much, but right, yeah, I wasn't I, expecting that. I wonder if there's a scenario where you go 2-3 and you like gain ELO because the two people you beat are like 3,600 ELO. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I, mean, I think like, I mean, a lot of people get this that play competitive games and have been following this game for a while, but like how your ELO changes, I don't think it's exactly based on your set. It's just like, the number changes five times, but you only see it change once because you Correct. claim it on the set. Correct. So it's yeah. like if you lose to a total scrub, that's why you're dropping by like 20, even though you only went two, three. It's not because John Hankey hates you and never wants you to hit legend. <laughs> it's just that the one person you lost, you sucked. And now you're you suffer. Yeah, that's that's what you're talking about. When you go three, two and you lose points, it's because. Sometimes in in that ELO range, you're waiting a long time for a battle. And when you're waiting, your reach ability in terms of who you could battle increases. So you could at, you know, 34, 48, you could battle somebody at 3,100 or 3,000. And a loss there is very detrimental as opposed to a loss to somebody who's at the 3,500 ELO where it won't damage your your potential ELO gain or ELO. Is that my phone? That's my phone. <laughs> Where it won't damage your ELO gain or your ELO loss all that much. So, uh, I've been there. I've done that. And I lost interest in it very quickly. <laughs> yeah. That's true. For sure. All right. So, check out Ryan on YouTube Swag Tips on the YouTube. Is there anything else you want to promote here, Ryan? Well, uh, we're going to sing happy birthday to you, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Me and Dom here. <laughs> That was the plan, right? We were going to sing happy birthday. This would be the highlight of the, the episode, air. getting sung happy birthday to by Don. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. You're 35. I'm old, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm feeling it. I mean, I'm 15 at heart. I, I have the heart of a 15-year-old, but I don't have the uh, hair follicles of a 15-year-old. That's for sure, because I got no hair on my head, so... Anyways, Ryan, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, man. I hope we can get you on in the future and uh, keep kicking ass with the content, man. We love it. We we think it's it's very unique and it's a great channel. Please check them out on YouTube if you haven't. Swag tips there and also on Twitter, SWG tips. So what? Somebody literally took swag tips? Is that what happened on Twitter? Oh, yeah. They, they claimed that name a long time ago and they <laughs> use it for nothing. <laughs> Have you tried to buy it? Is that a thing? Yeah, you could. Yeah, people you do that could. to domain names. They'll 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 buy a domain name and try and sell it to somebody. You know, uh, oh, I have the original FedEx.com. If you want to buy it from me, you have to pay me a th- hundred thousand dollars or whatever. The people will do that. Absolutely. I mean, people will sell think, Pokemon Go accounts. Like, come on. <laughs> I think I'm good with what I got going on. All right, SW uh, SWG tips. 
uh, on Twitter. Ryan, uh, we are going to uh, we're going to bunk together in Orlando. It's it's already booked. Uh, we're going to make this happen, and then uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll kick your ass with your Crobat Lappers bitch ass team in the Orlando Regionals. All right. <laughs> Hey, sounds good. I'll see you guys in April. All right, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for catching an episode of Go Battlecast. To catch them all, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information, check out Go Battlecast on Twitter to connect with Zach and Dom. We'll see you next time.